How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the SovTech Tech Podcast, where we get together and riff and talk a bit of shit about what's happening out there in the tech industry and trying to shed some light uh, on what's going on. So today in the studio, we have with us uh, Jean, who's the head of our a head uh, engineering in our labs business and a front-end guru. We have Yat, who's a director of engineering for SovTech. Uh, and we've got Luke, who runs our advanced business and is the MD there. So a bunch of different perspectives in the studio. Good to have you guys. Welcome. Cool, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having thanks. us. Cool, thanks guys for the time. So uh, today we are talking about SA tech startups, who's who, what's what, and what's going on out there. So I think... We know so much about what's going on in the international tech scene. Uh, Twitter's obviously tech Twitter's a buzz with tech startups. What's going on? If you follow Product Hunt, you're always seeing new stuff internationally. South Africa's a lot more sleepy, but we want to shed some light on some cool companies and and things that we are favourites and what's going on. So I suppose I mean let's start. Look, I mean what what tech startups are buzzing out there right now? Yeah, so I think, you know, when we look at South Africa and we think of the context of where South Africa is at the moment, um, what I like to focus on is seeing where, um, you know, these startups are trying to solve problems that we have in South Africa. We obviously know there's huge unemployment. Um, financial freedom is quite a tough thing to come across. So, um, you know, one that I've really liked and been watching for a while is Giraffe, who are, um, you know, quite... Um, sort of unknown, I thought at first, but um, you know they've gone and placed over a, a what million. Is, what is, so what does Giraffe do? Huh? So so yeah, so Giraffe they um, uh, they essentially help job seekers find jobs in a bunch of different um, categories. You know, from security up to uh, sort of IT jobs, uh, administration, office um, um, yeah, office jobs, etc. And uh, yeah, I think they received about. Um, half a million dollars in, in funding. Which isn't um, much, right? It's not that much, but, um, you know, they, they won, uh, I think they won Seed Stars in 2017. Um, yeah, um, but the fact that they've gone and, you know, identified issues, which is, you know, unemployment, and they've created a platform to assist with that. And I think up to date, they've uh, placed uh, one million job seekers. Um, huge. Yeah, no, it's huge. And, um, you know, it's a quite a simple model that they run. Uh, you know, you get your first post free. Um, you're able then to post um, more jobs. I think it's at a, a, a thousand rand or 999 uh, per job. Uh, you can post 30, I think, for 10 grand, or okay. they've got a subscription model where uh, you just pay, I think it's 1,100 bucks. So lots of ways that they're month. monetizing, they, they, they're generating revenue. These guys are actually like a real business out there, not just like startup vaporware. Mm. But I mean, if I think about it, for half a million dollars raised and they placed a million jobs, if they placed a million jobs in any other country, they're raising and they and you know this would be all over the news this would be all over twitter we'd all know these guys names they'd all be they'd be rock stars right yeah no exactly and and i suppose uh, just to shed some light um you've in your previous life you've had a job board right odd jobs yeah long <laughs> may it last uh, no yeah so uh, when i was in um, varsity um we started a business called odd jobs oddjobs.net um, I think we're still paying for the AfriHost hosting, so you can go check it out. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's uh, exactly what they tried to do. They obviously did it a lot better than we did, where you know, you're just trying to place jobs, odd jobs, essentially. Um, you know, if you want to become a 
you want to go pick up someone's laundry, pick up someone's uh, shopping, you need a lift if you need to do some, uh, I don't know, event hosting, etc. Um, as a student, you're then able to go and log on, uh, create yourself a profile on objobs.net and then um, essentially try to find uh, some job posts there. Cool. So, I mean, you with a bit of insight into the industry, a background, starting something in this space, uh, you think giraffe's going to go the distance, eh? Yeah. No, very think, cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you... Just just on that point about giraffe as sure. well, you know, when you look at South Africa and we think about the unemployment rates, and, you know, it's probably one of the highest in the world currently. Mm -hmm. Something like giraffe, just, you know, it's so important to have a, a sort of a technology platform and company that actually focuses on sort of facilitating and creating more jobs, at least. You know, it's really Very cool. So Yat, uh, tell us what, what startups are on your radar at the moment. Uh, what are you seeing? What do you like? Uh, yeah, I think, you know, some of the, the more recent startups that have really uh, sort of interested me, um, maybe one of the, the more important ones is uh, Jumo. Uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Jumo. Yeah. Uh, sort of a you know, very technology-focused startup. Uh, I think some of their core ideals are around engineering, and predictive uh, sort of analysis. But fundamentally what they're able to do is provide a bunch of enablement uh, sort of APIs and services that large financial service providers can use to empower the unbanked. Um, and you know, when we, when we think about the unbanked, um, it's so sort of uh, synonymous with Africa in, in general. So yeah, I really uh, think what they're doing and uh, you know, what they've been able to put together is uh, very important and sort of uh, prominent um, in in the African uh, sort of uh, fintech space. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, they, they raised about $59 million from Goldman. I think that was their last raise. I think their total funding to date is about $150 million, if I'm not mistaken. Which is massive. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they're, they're in terms of uh, their engineering perspective, from an engineering perspective, Quite big uh, advocates and users of AWS, and uh, you know they've spoken spoken at the AWS summits and so forth. And uh, yeah, they're doing amazing things. With, so have uh, you have you seen them speak at a summit before? I, I have actually. I think it was the uh, you know they had AWS had the loft sessions in Joburg. Yes, and some of their head engineers were talking to you know talking about a bunch so of- So you actually saw firsthand the guys are operating and, and building world-class stuff out there. Exactly, and, and you know, whenever we talk about uh, systems in like the financial space and their ability to handle large amounts of transactions and the scale that's required and the compliance and the governance and so forth, it's just, uh, it's quite, uh, it's quite all you know, like exciting. Yeah, very cool. Um, yeah. Cool, and then John, I mean, maybe you tell us about your choice one at the moment, which is the coolest one on your radar? Uh, so one that you know I've been using myself, and I think uh, it's a very necessary thing in you know in the current uh, landscape is insurance. You know I think it's been around for everyone needs insurance, and uh, I think it's you know it's high time that someone's actually given it a bit of a you know a, a, a little tech spin on it. And yeah, for me uh, there's a couple of them out there, but one that I use personally is uh, Pineapple. Um, so yeah, the whole thing is just you know uh, simplicity of getting your items insured. So I think. Beforehand, you know, you would have to have homeowners insurance to actually get any of your small items insured. You couldn't just take small, like, well, insure your laptop, for instance, if you didn't have some kind of previous insurance plan with 
one of these big insurers. So they've put a, a you know spin on it to make it so easy that you can actually just take a picture of something, uh, go into the app, and actually get it insured in no time. So yeah, very cool startup, and uh, they've actually done some yeah they've done some really good things. So so you actually use these yourself. So, yeah, so yeah. it's a cool startup, cool tech, cool product, but you use it yourself. I use it myself. Yeah, I mean I needed to get my laptop insured a couple of years ago, and uh, I'd heard about Pineapple, and when I downloaded the app, you know, tried it myself, I think the simplicity of it was just amazing. And that kind of put, you know, the whole, they were one of the first to use like AI image, rec image recognition for yeah. taking a photo of your product. And then they tell you what it is. And they're like, cool, this is a MacBook Pro. How much, you know, this is what we think it should cost you to insure it. And then the process was super easy, uh, seamless, and just, yeah, just all around pretty smooth. Very cool. So, th so these guys are based on an American model, right? Yeah, I think so. All right, so I think yeah, that American model is called uh, Lemonade. Yeah. So, um, and uh, as far as I, I just looked it up, Lemonade reaches $3 billion market cap uh, on its IPO back in July of this year. So, what's that, 50 billion rand or something like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, big, yeah. Uh, so, Pineapple's got a huge, huge, huge space to grow yeah, and yeah, huge market to, to grow. That's very, very cool, man. Um, I think. Yeah, also a big fan, and I know they're based there in Cromerville. Every time I'm on the highway, I see their logo yeah, on top yeah. of the building there. It's very, yeah. very cool. Another another cool thing they also did was they brought a little social aspect to insurance, you know, with the whole, uh, you can kind of grow your network, and then, because the, their whole idea is you, you know, you pay your, your monthly premiums, and then that goes into a kind of like a, a fund that gets used to pay out uh, claims. And if you kind of expand your network, and then, your network's funds would be used to pay out your claims. So you kind of, you know who's paying your claims. So you have like the sense of like trust about who you, you know, who you're dealing with. So not it's just actually like the, the basis of insurance, which is you get this pool of people, but now because you know these people, they're your people, mates. They're your friends. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very, very cool concept. So, I mean, we've been spoke, you know, spoke about it a few of these startups. Um, and yet there's, you know, there's not thousands. I mean, we can speak about you know, maybe 20 more, 30 more, but there's not thousands and thousands out there. And yet there's so many organizations trying to promote startups in South Africa and, and you know, fund them and it's a government initiative. So, I mean, yet from your side, I mean, obviously the, the, the one of the oldest ones is Silicon Cape, right? But there's a few other ones these days. And I mean, how do you think these things are going? Do they help the ecosystem? What's your view on them? Um, yeah, I, I think, um, a lot of them are beneficial um, from a few, from a number of angles. You know, some of them being that it brings the sort of right people together in order to foster networking and so forth, uh, right speakers to connect sort of entrepreneurs and founders to actually uh, sort of you know venture capital uh, funders or angels. Um, and uh, but I think you know they tend to um, also sometimes be a bit exclusive. Okay. Um, a lot of them, you know, require some sort of membership fee hmm. uh, or that uh, sort of uh, thing or model, um, and just makes it a bit you know increases the barrier to entry for a lot of other entrepreneurs out there that might not uh, necessarily uh, be able to afford that. Uh, but you know, might have a bunch of good ideas and so forth. Um, but I think as a whole, uh, they are good because um, again, the more sort of education and sort of uh, the larger the community around uh, entrepreneurship and founder culture and startup culture there is, the, the better it is as a 
you know, as a whole. Okay. Yeah, I, complete, I completely agree with you on that side. And I mean, look, I mean, in your perspective, I mean, what, I mean, these kinds of things are often sometimes stem from government promotions, things like that. I mean, do you think the environment is ripe for startups? Is it hard to get start, you know, get started out there? I mean, is the government doing enough? What do you think about some of the startups that you deal with and work with? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I enjoy working with the, the sort of, um, call it the seed capital uh, venture firms, if that's okay. the, the, the guys that are in there from the beginning to start it sort of from, from scratch. Um, I mean, the government's got, you know, the Section 12J, which is also yes. a good initiative to um, get guys trying to spend money, trying to create jobs, trying to, you know, grow the economy, etc. Um, but I mean, when you look at, you know, like Knife Capital or, or those guys, I mean, um, you know, um, Uber Eats bought, uh, what's it, Order Talk, uh, yes. I think that was uh, 2008, I think it was quite a while ago. Um, but the the whole idea that, you know, Knife Capital, what they're trying to focus on is just getting from, you know, a certain buyout uh, just for their client. So it's quite not narrow-minded. They've got a mandate to make sure that they are getting returns for their for their, for their LPs, yeah. for their LPs, and that's what you need to do. Um, but I mean, I think yeah, if, if we can somehow get more more investment from, you know, the everyday um, everyday guy that just wants to get involved in something and has got a great idea, and I mean, that's what I really enjoy about also being product advance and helping the guys sort of start from scratch that don't necessarily have you know these big VCs from behind them um, yeah now I think if uh, there is ways uh, to get a little bit more um, out from all the parties it would be it would be great for the economy and everyone else yeah so I think uh, yeah I tend to completely agree with you on that side and and I mean when you, you touched on you know some VCs there and, I, and I would like to discuss a couple of them obviously some of the well-known ones John I mean you're a big fan of uh, one of the most famous ones in the country. Tell us a bit about him. Uh, which one are you very Michael Jordan. <laughs> oh yeah, no. So he's done. Yeah, he's done. Well, he's been involved in quite a few uh, startups. There's like quite an extensive list. I mean, yeah. So Valor, Flex Club, Clickital, Rain, Bank Zero. Um, so these one are of well-known that, names, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, one of those that kind of interests me, which isn't, uh, is not fully out there yet, is Bank Zero. Um, I think. You know this whole age of digitization and um, you know paperless and going fully you know mobile. I think it's an interesting area that we're going into, and I know we've been kind of you know touching on it for a while now. But yeah, the whole idea behind Bank Zero is to just um, is to have a completely paper-free, like you know office-free uh, banking uh, service where you can like fully do everything on your phone, no need to go into a branch or anything like that. So I think it's quite interesting. I know like. FNB and some of these, you know, bigger banks have been pushing to kind of promote like the mobile banking side of things. But um, yeah, I think he's uh, he's been doing some really good things for the, you know, for the startup spaces and um, just yeah, tech startups in general. Very cool. Uh, he's also uh, got some bit of a backer in Valor. Yeah. And uh, you're a fan of Valor. Do you trade on it? Do you use that? So Valor? yes, I do. Um, what is Valor? Just for the yeah. So Valor is a platform where you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies, um, similar to Luna. If anyone's heard of Luna, so I think Luna was kind of the the pioneer, in, or at least from a local, you know, in South Africa, um, they pioneered the the ability to make it super easy to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. 
Um, I think, you know, the notion of Bitcoin and Ethereum is kind of yeah. pretty out there for a lot of people. Um, it was kind of inaccessible and Luno try to, you know, they try to kind of break that barrier and make it accessible for anyone. You know, all you need is an FNB account or any bank account and you can transfer money into their account and then they'll load your account and you can buy Bitcoin on the, on the app. So very easy to do, but yeah, talking about Valor, Valor is kind of the same concept, um, also started by uh, a local, yeah, it's a local company. And they, the idea is the same, but they allow you to trade a lot more cryptocurrencies. Mm. So a lot of altcoins, you know, Dash, Litecoin, um, yeah, a whole bunch of other ones. But yeah, the idea, is, the, the idea is the same, to make it accessible to buy and sell cryptocurrencies. Absolutely. And I, I think the two coolest things about that point, I think one is uh, the founder and CEO of Valor, Fazam. Uh, I mean, I'm a big fan of his, and I think he would take a big issue if uh, I didn't point out that Valor is now the highest volume Bitcoin yeah, exchange yeah, yeah. in Sorry, the country. Yeah, yeah, but it uh, is. Yeah, so yeah. they are now the, the biggest volume. So uh, congrats on, on crossing that milestone. But then when you look back at Luna, I mean, I think they just got acquired, right? For huge money uh, by um, uh, one of the global crypto crypto holding companies. So, I mean, that's a huge exit for a South African founder company. I think there was even, you know, RMB Ventures was in that. And so that's a big, big exit. And obviously there was a lot of news about it, but not nearly as much as you would think, given the fact that there's a big exit in crypto to a global holding company from like, you know, uh, South African founders. So I think that maybe there's a bit of a, um, a media problem. Um, and, you know, again, like I don't want to criticize the people who are doing good work in the space so again like a big i'm a big fan of venture burn and obviously you know founded back in the day by matthew buckland and you know he's passed away and he was a just a really a titan in the industry um and what he created was incredible and they do so much for the space but then on the flip side you know i will read these articles about top 10 startups in south africa and if you go to three of those websites they're bankrupt and they're gone and they closed down and so the news about what's happening out there in the space is also a bit behind. And, and I suppose, I mean, are there just a lot of startups out there that are maybe just, we're not reading about, they're not trying to get PR, they're just building in quiet and making a killing and raising millions and not telling the world about it? Is that also a realistic path to go yet? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's a bit of a, you know, a lack of a virtuous cycle here. You, you must understand, like, if if more people were sort of uh, into the entrepreneurial VC startup space, locally at least, uh, there would be sort of more desire for that type of content mm. and therefore more content created, more sort of media distribution and all of that. But I think that there's a, there's a, there's a lack of that, um, you know, just, you know, people desiring that sort of that knowledge and content. So uh, I think that that's kind of the problem that needs to be solved in order to create that, you know, like I said, that virtual cycle where it is this constant desire and need for content. And then these content creators always pushing out the content that's locally curated and relevant and so forth. And then if there's more startups then there's be more people interested in what's going on and it kind of builds on that side. So I think mean, that's a very, very cool. It's almost as if like, you know, a bit of demand needs to be generated around uh, the potential associated with venture capital and startup culture, you know, founders and so forth. In South forth. Africa. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, there are big companies that are sponsoring things in the space. Um, and I mean, one of them is Huawei, who is a partner of Sovtech, um, 
Luke, who's in the room, you actually, you know, you, you run that partnership. And I mean, they, they're doing some things to sponsor early stage development and, and some competition. Tell us a little bit about what they're doing and, you know, is it working? Yeah, so I mean, I think, um, you know, they obviously at the moment, there's not so much good news about Huawei, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, you know, in the South African startup space, uh, they've been, you know, we went and judged at the app competition. And the fact that they are giving opportunities for guys to at least showcase what they're able to do. Mm. Um, that's that's important. There's not too many platforms out there that, you know, MTN has the app of the day awards or whatever. Um, but like the, the fact that Huawei always pushing quite hard on uh, first of all you know using their own technology as opposed to the iOS and Android side but actually yes. using their own HMS systems and their own app gallery and you know really trying to infiltrate into the um, you know the the mobile space um, they are allowing um, a lot of South Africans to have a platform to be able to showcase what they can create uh, how they can go about it and ultimately um, you know with that sort of um, organic um, uh, incubation there will um, you know be lots of startups that I think will spring up yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree with you so it's almost just they, they, they're giving people a platform right and that creates that cycle that Yats was talking about um, I mean I want to touch on, let's go back to one or two of these startups on the list here. So, I mean, you've got here, uh, you wanted to talk about um, Yoko. Yeah. So, um, I think they're pretty firm. Everybody knows yeah. it. But, I mean, tell me why you like them especially. So, I think uh, for me, the big, the big thing with Yoko is, um, you know, accessibility for entrepreneurs to, to actually take, well, accept card payments. I mean, that was like... That's that was a huge issue, you know, when someone was a small, not even a small business, but if you were literally just one person trying to, you know, if you had a little clothing store or something, and then everyone nowadays banks with a, you know, has a car. Yeah, and so it's something so simple. It's something so simple, so simple yeah. but it's so a, effective so that they've been able for to me, execute. For me, the problem that they were solving is such a, you know, such a worthwhile thing to solve. Yeah. And, um, I think yeah, the way they've gone about it is just uh, it's just pretty incredible. Execution. Um, yeah, with their mission, I think their mission is in just enabling people to thrive, and that uh, I think that rings so true. You know, so I found them yeah, pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah, I mean, we um, obviously it's a small industry. Um, you know, some of their competitors are our clients, and uh, <laughs> so I must say we yeah. love our clients as well. Um, and I do want to talk about this group. You know, um, you know, one of the we haven't mentioned any of the specific startups, but I'll kind of give you a picture. So when I kind of say startups like or, or big tech companies like SureSwipe, uh, iCoca, yeah, um, Humbletill, Nubuntu. I know the guys there, they're great guys, and I think they're onto something big. Retail Capital, FlickPay, hum, um, Innovation. These are all very, very, you know, successful startups, or they're about to explode. They're all part of one group. Yeah. They're all CrossFin, right? They're all CrossFin, uh, CrossFin Technology, and, and obviously their holding company as well. And so here are these guys who are putting together some really, really interesting businesses. Um, you know, is this the way that you get scale in startups in South Africa yet? Is it is it by networks like this or partnering with a whole bunch of guys rather than trying to go alone? I think so. It, it's uh, I think especially in this environment, it's so important to have the support of people that have been through you know the have have been shown the ropes and have been through a lot of sort of challenges and solved problems in unique and novel ways. 
using technologies and so forth. And uh, a lot of these sort of companies that you mentioned, they also there's like a hardware element to them yes. as well. And uh, especially, you know, if you've never difficult ventured, exactly, if you've never ventured into that aspect before. It's important to have people that can sort of support you in that uh, aspect too. Um, and I think you know, like. Just again, come back to that point about supporting each other and sort of growing businesses together in order to capitalize on the market. Yeah, I think I agree that uh, you're right. And uh, that hardware side, you, you touched on it. And, and I think I just want to reiterate, it is an extremely difficult thing to do. Um, you know, we're in the software space and software startups, and that's hard enough. And now you actually have to manufacture and shift, ship something and move it around and things break and you can't just remote update it. It uh, becomes a whole different different thing to get right. Cool. I mean, look, I mean, talk, talk to us about uh, one or two of the other cool startups that you might know the guys personally started out of some of the varsities because that's really is quite grassroots compared to some of the guys we just mentioned, you know, uh, like SureSwipe and stuff, Paul Kent, you know, he, he was the founder there and CEO and, and you know, the, the guys had experience, they know what they were doing, they, they kind of went straight into scaling mode. What are some of the early stage guys um, coming out of or solving varsity problems? Because that's really the crux of where things yeah, are starting. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's an obvious one in Digs Connect. Um, you know, what... What do uh, they do? Yeah, so uh, what Alexandra sorted out there is, again, a simple problem that they were able to solve um, is, you know, finding quality, um, you know, uh, not lodging, but um, uh, premises for students to stay on on a long-term um, sort of um, on, in the long term. Yeah. Um, so you know, when we were at Varsity, um, you know, first of all, you don't really you're not the most invited person to come and stay in someone's home because you usually wreck it. Um, but what this uh, uh, platform has allowed um, tenants to do is find people that are willing to allow students to stay in there for, you know, a year or two. And um, I think, you know, I think their sort of uh, uptake has been 60% month on month, obviously prior to COVID. But that's just another, you know, simple, um, simple problem that was executed while they've got great tech behind that as well. And um, no, it's a yeah, long may it last. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I agree. Like, I'm excited about them. And I think they're going to go the distance out there. Um, when we talk about, you know, talking, going back to some VCs, um, one of our favorite uh, early stage VCs in the country and, and definitely some of the guys that are backing the right kind of companies is Paper Plane. We have a long relationship with them and, and you know, they've backed companies like, you know, Aerobotics and click to sure and Sentby that has had an exit and these kinds of things. So, I mean, we really like them, really like what they're doing. They put money into Aerobotics uh, as a South African startup and now Aerobotics is now an international startup and moved globally. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you like aerobotics? Again, a hardware angle. What do you think about that business? What do they do? I think it's phenomenal. The, you know, uh, the agri-tech space in itself has not been or hasn't been given a lot of attention. And I think to find an approach that uses uh, both drone technology and sort of machine learning, deep learning to sort of determine, uh, you know, optimal farming conditions and so forth is just so innovative. And I think that uh, they've absolutely nailed that. And, and I think that was rewarded recently with, I mean, 100 million rand from Naspers. And when one of the biggest, best tech investing companies in the world puts some money into you, you've got to think that uh, 
they're onto something out there, right? And I think also, you know, their the whole sort of uh, roadshow in the US uh, recently as well, one of the largest agricultural sort of sectors in the world, massive farms. And uh, yeah, I think there's just so much potential there and uh, the, their growth is somewhere, somewhat limitless. I agree. And I think that's where, um, you know, the head of platforms, Stu van der Fien, um, who, who used to work with us, you know, he packed up his bags and moved continents just for that exact reason because i think the growth there in california is endless so best of luck to them um john i mean i want you to tell us about maybe something you've actually worked on um for this entrepreneur space so early stage entrepreneur i mean it's called the where to project do you want to just tell us a little bit about what that is and and what it was trying to do yeah, sure. So the Where to Project is a small business slash entrepreneur incubator. Um, so I think it was funded by Barclays. And uh, the whole idea behind it is you can, so we built an application for them uh, whereby entrepreneurs or anyone with a kind of a, you know, an idea to kind of start a business, they could go on and they could kind of um, input the idea into this application. And then they could kind of uh, give you some tips and advice on how to actually go about like starting your business. Cool. And yeah, so the idea is to basically yeah incubate small businesses. Very and cool. And, and and you worked on this application and this uh, also won. Uh, yeah, it won uh, the best uh, app in the education sector, I believe. Yeah, the MGN app of the year awards, I think uh, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. And this is really grassroots startups. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, so really grassroots. So that's what I was saying, like individuals slash entrepreneurs, you know, trying to get just even an idea off the ground or if you have something small already that you're kind of working working towards. So there's two different avenues you can go. I think there's actually three. So there's entrepreneurs, uh, you know, corporates even seeking like BBBE uh, solutions and then, um, yeah, impact investor, investors seeking social, yeah. Very cool. And, 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 you know, I think the interesting thing about that is we, we're speaking so much and even though we're talking about hardware and that's a bit tough, but, you know, we talk startups, we automatically all assume we mean tech, right? We automatically all assume we mean tech. And, and there's just a lot of good businesses that can be started or built that aren't tech. And I, I think people call them boring businesses, but they're boring because they, what, that means that they just grow every year and produce cash flow and, and do well and build the economy and give jobs. But, you know, I think there's still that relation, and at least in always in my mind, and I'm trying to prevent myself thinking when someone says startup, they mean tech. And I think that that app definitely promoted things that were just wider and, and just yeah, general yeah, exactly. business growth out the ground. So there was a tech, tech aspect to it. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, you're right. It did promote kind of all aspects. All kinds of businesses, yeah. which is very cool. Um, when I want to talk, uh, I want to talk about um, uh, another startup that I really like, um, and that is SmartWage. Um, and, you know, look, you know the guys there. Uh, tell us what they're doing. And uh, do you think they gonna explode yeah so um in a good way explode. in a good explode way exactly this, yeah. yeah no so um alex platt uh, the the ellis brothers uh, all involved in smart wage and co-founders um again looking at financial freedom it's uh, another problem that needs to be addressed in south africa there are these models um in the states and in the uk where you are able to access your um your wages um you know the day that you've sort of earned it um you know if you look um in the us um the uk sometimes in australia as well um, people actually get paid um every two weeks um as opposed to in south africa where majority of people get paid every month so what they're trying 
trying to address there is uh, allowing um, you know, the everyday man to be able to get a little bit more financial freedom and they are then able to use that money uh, when and if they need it um, through the, the smart wage application, which, um, yeah, they've received some funding recently. Um, they've pivoted a few times from their uh, operating model from a, you know, a, a subscription model uh, that would actually target the sort of end user to actually now being a almost white label platform where you can go uh, and plug it into uh, into businesses and then the businesses will pay a um, you know a small fee per month um, which is also great for you know uh, retention for employees just to be able to say well, if you work for us you're actually able to you access, know, your funds. access your funds before you get paid at the end of the month so yeah no wishing them all the best of luck yeah also I mean big fans of them and I think uh, they're onto something big and, and again I mean it's not uh, anything secret I see it was published yeah, they re received six million uh, six million in funding and so uh, let's see if that's going to get them where they need to be so best of luck but you know it's, you did mention something there that I do want to touch on and that is this kind of B2C versus B2B and for that you know for people listening it's this kind of business selling to consumers um, versus selling to companies and you know that's not the first time I've heard the story of a South African startup who tried to sell to consumers uh, because those are the kinds of startup models that we get um, when we look at startups in America and the UK because their market and their internet penetration and the money of the kind of economy of the internet is huge and then you start a consumer business in South Africa and it's a very very difficult thing to scale um, and so many of those businesses move to selling to businesses rather than selling to consumers. And I, I mean, a good example of this, and I hope he's okay with me talking about it, but I met Peter Matei, and, and he is the CEO of Namola. So Namola is a safety, personal safety app that, you know, you can access emergency services, can tra uh, will track your location and, and tell your kind of next of kin loved ones uh, if you're in trouble. And it's a really, you know, completely valuable solution in South Africa. Um, it's got 430,000 downloads, right? Or users, not downloads, users. That is, a, that is a lot in terms of a shorter space of time. It's growing aggressively. And, you know, yet even at that scale, even at that fast growth, the kind of prospects in the consumer market are still not maybe as exciting as selling to businesses. And I think that's a, that's a sad thing. It's a hard thing. Do you think that'll change yet? Uh, you know, is that different across the continent? If you had to start a uh, new startup right now, are you looking business to business? Are you looking at consumer? I mean, or is it no preference? I think it really does depend on, you know, understanding the market you're selling to as well. Yeah. Um, you know, what the sort of the total addressable market is and, you know, what's the sort of uh, how, how easily you can sort of penetrate that market as well. Um, I think conventionally it's uh, it's it's just harder to sell to more people as opposed to yeah. selling to fewer people. I think that's why you know the B two B space is uh, so attractive to a lot of new startups. Um, but I do think there is something in the B two C space uh, when it's sort of enabled by other other platforms such as you know like Uber Eats or something that type of thing. Uh, if there's sort of uh, so other sort of facilitators that allow that process to you know be a lot easier and more seamless then that is also an attractive route so the b2b2c space yeah. <laughs> effectively the kind of platform players exactly 
or like a marketplace marketplace type of place yeah. very cool yeah um but yeah i think it, it really does depend on, on the sector you're in and uh, what you're trying to sell and who you're trying to sell to well that's i mean it's good to good to know that other people have other perspectives i am uh, through and through a b2b, b2b operator and person and i really just uh, can't even think of an idea in a business to consumer space and every time i think of something that could be cool i think oh geez how can we tailor this to be able to go through businesses in order to get scale i just cannot bring myself to think about anything in the btc space no matter how hard i try and i think maybe it's just a wiring that way or i've just spent too many years selling b2b and and so i just can't think of other angles so it almost you need this fresh perspective in order to come up with these cool new ideas because yeah sometimes you get tainted by you know what you happen to be working in and that's where the ideas come from i think also you know uh, when you're thinking about selling to consumers in the b2c space uh the your, your marketing strategy is so different as well like absolutely you, you, you almost somewhat need to rely on like virality and that type of sort of mechanism in order to get to your audience type of thing so yeah it is it, it, yeah there's not an easy to work out customer acquisition cost to lifetime exactly. value calc that we know that we can push the pedal on right whereas in the b2b space maybe maybe there is but more easier to do that calculation i also find that sometimes i mean john i mean we all based in joburg um I mean, I'm looking at some of these companies, you know, do you think B2C is easier in Cape Town? It just seems like more B2C companies come out of Cape Town. Is that uh, fair or am I completely <laughs> off base on that side? I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Like, I mean, I think, uh, like you mentioned, it definitely depends on, on your market and, uh, you know, how you go about marketing the product. I mean, I don't, I don't know the difference between Joburg and Cape Town in okay. that sense. Um, I wouldn't actually, you know, I, I don't know what the, what, you know, the what, the, what the distribution what the differences no, there are yeah i suppose you know when people think there's silicon cape town in cape town when people think tech they think maybe you know, there's a you know there's a tech ecosystem down in cape town and yet the way i think about it is all the businesses are in joburg this is where yeah, the clients so from are. a purely tech point of view i mean i think people have a natural inclination to think that cape town is more you know trendy and more like uh you know on the tech you know spectrum more but yeah more yeah. progressive in that sense but like you say, you know, I think uh, the job, the businesses or the clients, the are, clients here. are here. So it's it's a tough one, I think. Yeah, absolutely. The, I mean, we operate in both Joburg and Cape Town, so yeah. we get the best of both worlds. Softec has offices in both cities, but, you know, it's just depending on where those ideas are originating yeah. from. And, and, and the last one, I mean, he has a, quite a successful company. They've pivoted their name a few times. Ozo? Ozal? How do you pronounce yeah. it? Ozo. I think it's Ozo. <laughs> um, Tell us a bit about them and then I think... So I think Ozo, um, you know, they they are in the online payment space, and there's obviously a lot of uh, you know a lot of players in that area. And I think when you know when it comes to that space, how you're going to win is to make things as simple and as easy as possible. Also, obviously, yeah. you have to have a good offering. Yes. But I think simplicity, like with anything, you know, having a good set of APIs, good uh, um, infrastructure as well to be able to scale and really like. You know, uh, so I think their their model is also no fees, so you only pay the merchant the merchant fees of, as a as a consumer. Yeah, which is you know there's no hidden costs, so that's kind of enticing for a for a user as well, um, along with the merchant. But I think yeah, for me the big thing there is the infrastructure and the the simplicity of of actually using their services. I agree, and I mean their instant EFT product yeah, is just world class. Um, uh, yeah, and I think. From a South African perspective, where there's still some mistrust of credit cards, I think it's absolutely one of the best things. If you're in e-commerce, you better be in 
implementing instant EFT. Otherwise, you're going to lose, you know, the drop off in your sales numbers are going to be big. Yeah, I mean, any last, you know, last kind of startup before we close off here, what, what do you want to, what do you want, anything you want to specifically talk about? Um, I thought a recent one that's uh, currently not venture backed, more angel sort of backed and funded is called Rios. Um, Rios. Uh, so it's in the property tech space, basically. South Africa. Yes. Okay. Basically, they've put together an entire sort of platform that allows you to manage your rental order book. Um, and if you think about, you know, where the property market is now and the sort of the dip in the, I want to say, economy and the lower rates and so forth, that um, you know, becoming a rental entrepreneur is a lot more attractive. And having a solution and platform that kind of sort of facilitates that and allows you to to manage that seamlessly and, you know, handle your invoicing, manage your properties, all of that. Uh, it just sounds a bit appealing to me. Very cool. I mean, the competitive space though, right? Mm -hmm. uh, How's me yeah, um, yeah. been in that market for a while? Um, I know they've got a wide range of products in the in the property space, but they do obviously have a rental product out there. Yes. Um, they also just picked up some funding uh, a little while ago, a little bit more. It says a multi-million rand round. I don't really know what that means <laughs> and how much they value that. but. Um, it's obviously a big industry, right? Real estate being one of the biggest industries in the country. I'm surprised we don't see way more startups. Yeah. Touching on um, touching on that space, um, I saw that uh, if you've come across Flow.Rent, um, they uh, what I really like about that is that they are concentrating more on the behavioral side. So you're rewarded for your good behavior. So as a tenant, um, you pay on time, you get extra points, which you can then um, you know, use for a 50% discount on your electricity or get free airtime and all of that. And I mean, we look at Discovery and how they want to, sure, it's not really a startup, but how they've got the Discovery Bank and how you must be rewarded uh, for good behavior and, and you know, saving money, same thing if you're driving well, if you're healthy, your premiums are lower. Yeah. I think there's a huge gap um, in not just in the South African market, but globally for, um, you know, that for, yeah, just that behavioral, um, behavioral rewards. And it's a win-win for both because, you know, as the tenant, uh, you're getting extra rewards for all these points. And then, you know, as the, as the owner, you're getting your rent paid on time. Um, I think they're onto something there big time. Yeah. I would completely agree. And you've got the mind ticking over here because <laughs> one of the biggest industries on the planet. And I think gamifying that space is very very exciting um john any ones you want to deal with uh, last last startups any one of the you want to bring to our attention out there uh i think we've covered just about all of them uh, the last one i had here was uh funder uh started by a guy called idan yan it's also just uh it's also like vc funding but mainly but catered purely for you know really small businesses locally cool. um yeah that's kind of the last one i just had on my radar yeah. and and so what sort of like crowdfunding like a kind of kickstarter yeah. Yeah, based yeah. model but with equity yeah Okay, cool. And and have you backed any of the projects? Would you back any of the projects? Have you looked around on some of them? I haven't yet personally, but uh, I definitely would if I found uh, any that I was you know interested in. Cool. Uh, and then look, and from your side, any any uh, ones you want to touch on before we go? Yeah, no, I think I mean touching back a little bit maybe on the on the payment side, you know. Payflex has also uh, come in quite hot recently. Um, originally, starting to see them everywhere, right? Yeah, no, they they're everywhere. Um, you know, originally actually from uh, New Zealand and Australasia around there. Um, they brought it over uh, to South Africa, and again, what's great, you know, you can just pay. Um, 
say something costs you 2000 Rand, you can pay that back over six weeks and four equal payments. There's no interest on that. Again, giving the consumer that extra, um, that extra financial freedom. And you know, the guys that have been using PayFlex have seen orders go up by 80%. Um, and you know, they take on all the risk and the merchant just pays a small commission fee on that. But a lot of ways that guys are looking to unlock, um, you know, again, identifying problems and then just using that to unlock ways to be smart using technology. Yeah. Very, yeah, I really like that as well. So obviously there's a lot more startups we haven't touched on today. There's a lot of VCs doing some very interesting things in this space. Uh, we did not touch on them because we don't like them. We actually are big fans of anybody who's doing something interesting in tech in the country. I just think these are some of the ones that we've got personal preference because we kind of like what the model's doing. Um, you know, if there are any other startups that you think we should uh, hear about, talk about, uh, have on the session, maybe invite to, to come and have a discussion with us. Uh, please ping us. But uh, guys, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. And that uh, concludes the second episode. Hopefully we'll get a bit better uh, talking shit over time, I think is, uh, is the point. But uh, appreciate your time, guys. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, Thanks you very much. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Ciao, ciao.